Sports Ethos New York Knicks podcast. Andre Galliber, the Knicks are looking good out here. Looking good out here. Nice comeback victory against the Wiz. I never felt like the Knicks were going to lose that game. Not to say they couldn't have. But I didn't think because they were down 20 in that game that they weren't going to come back. Just like I didn't think the Pels weren't going to come back when the Knicks were up 20 in the first quarter. That's just true for NBA teams in general. Even though if you look at the data, a lot of teams don't come back from 20 and win. But they get back in the game. That's all That's all you can really talk about is, is did this team get back in the game? Because once they get within six, seven points and you got a whole quarter to play, whether you win or lose is not about that 20-point comeback anymore. Not directly. A 20-point deficit, I should say. I had a strong feeling the Knicks were going to come back in that Wizard game. And once they got, once they came back and they came back fairly quickly, it was a brand-new game. I'm so sick and tired of hearing about lost first quarter leads. It's just stop, stop. It's nice to have a nice lead in the first quarter. It's nice to have a nice lead in halftime. We're not, I'm not talking about losing leads until you get midway through the third quarter. And it, the lead is still in jeopardy. You got a lead midway, a 20-point lead midway through the third quarter. Listen, close it out. But first quarter, second quarter, come on, man. Just like you got the lead, the same thing you did to get the lead, the other team can get can do to you to get back into the game. It's not it's not dominance usually. The Knicks are not going to dominate too many teams, but they dominated the Pels. They dominated the Pels, and they did it on the right night, where the Knicks were celebrating the golden the golden anniversary of the seventy two seventy three. Championship New York Knicks team. I was lucky enough. My wife took me to the roundtable discussion. I guess you would call it a little panel with Jerry Lucas, Walt Clyde Frazier, Bill Bradley. Got a chance to meet Bill Bradley. It was a nice event. I appreciate I appreciate her for that. And then obviously we went to see the game. And the Knicks came out on fire. This was a game. It was a big game. If you're a Knicks fan, you're nervous about this game. The Pals, even though they're not playing great, you know they're a good team. We knew the Knicks would lose this game. Knicks have been playing better at home, but you still, you never know. You understand how close the standings are. We went over them the other day. The Knicks needed this game. They needed every, they need every game. Every game. From here on out. 20 games left, I think. They need every single one of them. All right, of course, they're not going to win every single one, but they need every single one. And the Knicks came out and they smacked the Pels in the face, and the Pels are struggling right now. So well, I don't care. We're not judging victories anymore. You judge, you want to judge victories, you do it early in the season. You judge victories when you have a championship team that you're analyzing. You don't judge victories with 20 games left for a team that's, doesn't really have championship aspirations realistically and they're competitive. They're not going to they're not going to just blow everyone's doors off. They're not going to win every game. They're not going to look great throughout every game. No team does. Even the championship contenders. You realize the Celtics have lost to the Orlando Magic. They're the best team in the league. So stop judging victories 
oh, then uh, Wizards and Knicks should have beat the Wizards and Tennessee. Shut up. You're not supposed to beat the Wizards. Sure, on paper, sure, you're better than the Wizards. The Wizards are perfectly capable of beating the Knicks. So you take that victory and you run with it because at this point, if you're a fan, you want the Knicks to win. If you wanted the Knicks to tank, listen, go watch golf. That, that ship is sailed. I'm not even, I'm not saying that you're not right. You're probably right for the long-term stability of the organization. They probably should sit everybody for the rest of the season. Actually, it's too late for them to be in a lottery, but not too late to be in a lottery, but too late to be in the sweepstakes for Scoot Henderson or Wemby. It's, it's, that ship is sailed. Okay. I'm sorry. That ship is sailed. You wanted the Knicks to tank. That needed to happen months ago. They're not tanking. So either watch golf or play some, some, read the paper, read some books. You're not a Knicks fan right now. It's too late to be rooting for them to lose at this point. So you're a fan. You haven't had that many good times over the last 20 years. Enjoy the good times you're having now, having a competitive team, just like every other fan in the NBA. You think every other fan based in the NBA thinks they're going to win a championship this year? Why does everyone think that the Knicks situation is that much worse than 95% of the league? Because it's not. It's better than 95% of the league. No, they don't have that foundational superstar and that foundational talent that you want. That guy that you know is gonna can can perform in the playoffs, perform on the biggest stage. No, they probably don't have that guy. And until they have that guy, they are not serious contenders. And they really may, may not even get that guy. I understand that. And I understand that you think that the only way the Knicks can get that guy is if they tank and get deep in the lottery and they draft that guy. Questionable. But an you look around the league, some of these teams that have the so-called foundational talents that in past drafts, Nick fans and other fan bases have wanted because they felt like those guys were foundational talents, most of those teams are trash. They are trash. And those foundational talents, even though they're young and they're, they're budding, and you don't know what they're going to be in three, four years, and you're not going to give up on them, and I'm not making an argument to do so. They, right now, are not showing any indication, some of these guys, that they are those types of talents. But in the draft, when they were, when the draft was on and live, people felt like they were. So they, they're holding on to that notion that the, the future is bright for a lot of these organizations because they got these foundational talents who are not really playing like foundational talents. Not number ones. And again, I'm not throwing them out. I'm just saying they're not there yet. So you think those teams are more hopeful for the future? From the outside looking in, if you're an analyst, NBA analyst, you think those teams are in better shape than the Knicks because they got those foundational talents who are not playing like foundational talents and who may not actually be those players? Why are they better? Why are they better off? They're not better teams, but why are they better off? Just last year, De'Aaron Fox was almost, almost at negative value. And in one year, he turned it around, and he's playing outstanding. 
basketball. One year. He was almost at negative value last year. They had him on the market, and it didn't seem like there were a whole lot of suitors, at least for what Sacramento was asking for. Right now, the Aaron Fox has to be one of probably top 15 easy in value around the league. Easy because of the way he's playing right now. It changed in, in just like that. Just like that. So now they have foundational talent. They have Keegan Murray. Now they have foundational talent. Is Keegan Murray, is he that guy? Is that what you see right now? I'm not saying he's not. He's not going to turn out to be. But can you say that Keegan Murray is that foundational talent now? That they're they're building a championship team because they have Keegan Murray, Sabonis, and Fox? Is that what you're telling me? Because good luck with that. No shade. But they're better off than the Knicks because they have those three guys? Mm, okay. Go down the line. The Trailblazers, no. Utah, building. San Antonio, building. Houston, Jalen Green looks like a foundational talent to you because that's what he was supposed to be. That's what he was supposed to be. I'm not saying he's not going to be, but that's what he was supposed to be, and he's not looking like it. Why are all these teams getting this uh, this pass for not being good or being average or mid but the sky the future is bright for them but for the Knicks it's just all the Knicks are just running in place are they they were not in this place last year so they're not running in place they're actually progressing but progressing towards what they're not going to win a championship with this roster okay neither are 99.2 percent of the rest of the league and they're not worse off than them in terms of assets and cap space they don't have cap space, but in terms of tradable contracts, etc., to create cap space. Between Rose and, and Fournier, I believe that's $32 million right there. That's That could be off the books in a trade. Off the books, if Rose, if you like Rose walks, that's $14, $15 off the books right there. If you're trading, you have Fournier at $18 million a year in the last year of his contract. Not the worst person they're including a trade for a guy for $30 million. Make it $30 million a year. They could get that guy if they wanted him. If that if that guy was available, they could get that guy. That's what Donovan Mitchell's making. He's making about $30 million a year right now. He's not going to be available, but that's what it was. If, if they wanted to take a package of Derrick Rose and Fournier and four draft picks, Donovan Mitchell would be a Nick. The amount of trades that you people throw out there that the Knicks so-called walked away from, making those trades seem so ridiculous that the Knicks wouldn't make those moves because you really don't know what the packages were and what Danny Ainge was really looking for. Every good thing about this team, for the most part, was going to go in that trade. Sands, Randall, and Brunson. Quickly, Grimes, all gone. You know, the guys that were outside again, Randall and Brunson are foundations, but the guys who actually turned the team around, you know, those guys, they would have all gone in that trade for Donovan Mitchell. And you may not care, I'm just saying, just know that. 
The Knicks are currently three games behind Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know that team that has championship aspirations and has a, 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 a outlook that's greater than the Knicks, apparently? They're three games ahead of them in the standings. Three. Three. And this is all about the playoffs, but it's not like the Cavs are coasting. The Cavs are not coasting. They're trying their best to win, and they're three games ahead of the Knicks in the standings. And that team's outlook is much brighter than Knicks because they have Donovan Mitchell, right? Three games ahead of them. Now, if the Knicks played them in the first round and the Cavs beat them, they beat them because they were supposed to beat them because they had Donovan Mitchell. He's supposed to be the difference in the playoff series. That's why you get a Donovan Mitchell. Does, does that mean they're going to beat Philadelphia and Milwaukee and Boston? You ready to say that the Cavs are that good? Because if they're not, then at the end of the day, why is their outlook much better than the Knicks? Just because they're better than the Knicks, does that mean that their outlook to win a championship is better than the Knicks? And that's really my point. Everybody else gets to be excited about their team, even though their championship prospects aren't aren't that much better. You look at the Eastern Conference, Boston, Milwaukee, 76ers, championship prospects. Cavs, I don't see it. I don't see it. We all know what happened to Brooklyn. Miami struggling just to get into the playoffs. Atlanta, you know that they're a joke right now and, and they're playing better, but they're as an organization and their outlook, people every offseason for the last three years, Atlanta's outlook, they're they're champions. They get they have a championship outlook. You see the foundations of a championship team with them. Huh? Because that's I'm not they have a a, a a superstar caliber player in Trey Young who's been playing better the last month. And you know, I have plenty of Trey Young shade played better the last month. But Atlanta, is their situation so much better than the Knicks because they have Trey Young? Is that why? Okay, I guess. Because right now they're behind the Knicks in the standings and they just fired their coach. Atlanta gets to be excited about their outlooks, but not the Knicks. The Knicks are, are a treadmill, but not Atlanta. The Wizards, and I'm not going to go down to the rest of the conference because nobody's excited about those teams anymore. Let's look at the West. Denver, Memphis, contenders. Sacramento, third seed. Anyone think Sacramento's winning championship? Raise your hand. You think they're winning championship this year? I don't think so. Uh, Exciting. Playing well. You think they have championship prospects? Is anyone picking Sacramento to beat Memphis, Phoenix, in the playoffs? Anyone? Even a team like Dallas? Anyone? Golden State, a healthy Golden State team. If they get into the playoffs, you think you think everyone thinks Sacramento's beating them? Of course a Sacramento fan thinks they can beat Golden State. There may be some analysts who think they can beat a healthy Golden State team because Golden State has not been good. But are we are we willing to say that Sacramento has championship prospects with that team. You want to say it's debatable? Fine, I'll give it to you. Debatable. But that, their fan base gets to be excited. Not the Knicks. Not the Knicks fan base. They're not allowed. The Clippers. We all know what the Clippers situation is. Phoenix is ahead of the Clippers. So we all know the Phoenix situation. They're not real. Not a real fourth seed right now. Not with Kevin Durant. Their seeding is irrelevant. 
Clippers, you know what their situation is. Championship contenders coming into the season. Kawhi Leonard, championship or bust in L.A. So that's three out of the first four. Actually, first five teams. That's four out of the first five teams in the Western Conference that have championship. Championship level aspirations. Realistic, I should say. Dallas has championship championship aspirations. Is it realistic? Depends on who you ask. It's funny. I had two Knicks fans come to me and bring up the fact that the Knicks have Dallas's pick this year. It's essentially, I think it's top 10 protected. So that's pretty safe. They're going to get Dallas's pick. But I had one Knicks fan say, oh, Kyrie went to Dallas. That pick is going to be trash. I had another Knicks fan say, Kyrie went to Dallas. That means you're probably going to get a high teens pick because that team's going to be trash. That's fine. I don't know what it's going to be, but the Knicks are going to get it. Dallas is likely not to beat Phoenix, Memphis, Denver. I could pie in the sky. I could see them beating the Clippers maybe. There's no reason to think that Dallas is going to beat Memphis, Denver, Phoenix, the Clippers. Sacramento has pine sky aspirations. Pine sky aspirations. Uh, eh. Golden State is shaky at the seventh seed right now. You don't know what Golden State is going to be. Minnesota is sitting at the ninth seed. Does Minnesota get to be excited? They have young talent on their team. Made a trade for a veteran point guard and Mike Conley. They have a, a budding guy in Nas Reed coming out of nowhere, playing well for them in Cat's absence. They made the trade for Gobert. They have championship aspirations. That fan base is allowed to be excited even though their team is a ninth seed. And they weren't playing well when Cat was even healthy. So, but whatever. They get to be excited. Not the Knicks fans, though. Pelican fans, the Pelicans... We're at the top of the conference early in the season. Zion is hurt. They have excuses for where they are. But they're in danger of falling out of the play-in. They're out of the play-in right now by half a game. No, they're in the, no, no. They're in 10 seed right now. They're in the play-in. They're in the play-in by half a game. Their fan base is clearly excited. They have a good team. I guess they're figuring when Zion comes back, they're going to be a good team again. But listen... You can't feel good if you're a Pelican fan right now. You can't feel good about the way they're playing. All your hopes of being in a championship team are going to rest on Zion's health one way or the other. But if they don't start playing better before Zion comes back, they're not even going to be in the play-in, and the Lakers are are knocking on everyone's door. But Pelican fans, they get to be excited because they have championship aspirations. They have Brandon Ingram and they have Zion Williamson. Forget the fact that Zion's always hurt. Forget the fact that Brandon Ingram has holes in his game. They have C.J. McCollum. They have a good roster. They have assets. You could be you're a Pelican fan. You could be excited about your process going in the future, even though right now you are the 10th seed. The Trailblazers in a state of flux. I don't think their fans are excited. The Lakers are excited about the trades that they made, thinking they can get into the play-in, even though they're currently they're only a game out of the play-in right now. But there's a lot of people involved. OKC is obviously excited about their prospects. We leave them out of this. And we talked about San Antonio and Houston. The only two teams 
out of the play-in. San Antonio's situation is be- is different than Houston. Houston has some draft picks on that team. The worst aspect, the worst part of Houston is the fact that I'm not even sure if they're trying to lose. They're just bad. That's what's scary. Because they have a lot of young talent. Why aren't they better? They're not better. Oh, they're trying to tank. I don't know if they're trying to tank. I think they're just bad. Like, their young talent is playing. Jalen Green's in his second year. Porter Jr. has had a tumultuous career so far, but, you know, he, he made strides. Got an $80 million contract. Not all guaranteed, but, you know, Jabari Smith, high draft pick. Foundational talent. Foundational talent. They are trash. Sangoon. That's my boy. I was up on Shane Goon early for, and I had him in a keeper league and I couldn't keep him this year. It pisses me off. Their guys are playing and people would say, they'll say, oh, well, they're learning how to win. No, they're learning how to lose. That's all they're doing is learning how to lose. These guys, Porter Jr. has been around the block a couple of times. Like, you, I, I, you don't want to put it all on Jalen Green? Fine. Porter Jr. has been around. Shane Goon has been here for a couple of years now. They should not be playing at the worst as the worst team in the league. It's so easy to dismiss their losing by saying they're tanking. They're not tanking. They're a play. They're playing their best players and losing. You want to blame the coach? Okay, blame the coach. Sure, but their foundational talents are not playing well every every night. And and Jabari Smith Jr. Listen, he's a rookie. Give him a break. But my point here is. And this is piggybacking off a Max Kellerman tweet where he said the Brooklyn Nets demise in the standings has basically the Knicks fans fooled and Dolan is basically conning the Knicks fans again into getting excited for basically a mid-team, a treadmill team. That's what this is piggybacking off of. And there are a lot of fans who agree with that. Everything falls back to Dolan, which is, I always think that's funny. But why are the Knicks fans' perspective so much different than everyone else's? I just ran through the whole league. Why does every other team's fan base get to be excited about their team's outlook? Why is every other team's outlook so much sunnier than the Knicks? Is it really? Not every team has that MVP guy. They think they might. Even Halliburton. I have no shade for Halliburton. I'm not one of these Knicks fans that's back in Wally. I'm not going to juxtapose him with Brunson, even though I feel like he had been compared to Brunson and he fails in that comparison in terms of being an all-star. But I'm a big Halliburton fan, huge Halliburton fan. So the Pacers' outlook is better because they have Halliburton? What? You, you realize the Knicks have Brunson, right? <laughs> they have Brunson. So why is it better because they have Halliburton? Because he's a little bit younger? Oh, he's five years younger, about. Okay, that's why. You don't even know if Halliburton's going to be there in five years. You think these all these guys don't stay with the same franchise and there's a chance that he doesn't want to stay in Indiana. You can't look at it like that. 
Brunson might not be here in three, four years. You can't look at it like that. You can't look like this guy is going to spend his whole career in Indiana. You don't know that. Who's done it? Paul George left. You got to go back to the 80s when Reggie Miller was drafted there. He stayed there his whole career. Most guys leave all of their organizations, not just Indiana. You can't, you can't figure the Indiana Pacers are going to be better than the Knicks because they had Tyrese Halliburton. How does that work? They have Jalen Brunson in his prime right now, playing better than he's ever played. And he's been every bit as good as Halliburton, if not better. Why is their outlook better? Why are you more excited about them? Why do they get to be excited about their wins and losses, but the Knicks can't be? Went down the league. The the league is a joke. There's only Tatum, Giannis, Doncic. Uh, Not going to say LeBron, but we get it. LeBron. Joker, I mean, Durant, Booker, outside of a hand, a relative handful of guys, 10, 12 guys outside of that, everybody else is mid because their players are not that guy yet. And the Knicks are no different than those guys. If you're a Knicks fan, don't feel guilty about enjoying your team. Because they don't have real championship prospects because that's true for most of the league and their situation is not worse than most of the league. Root for your team. In the 90s, I was a Knicks fan. Michael Jordan stared us in the face every single year. And you felt like, hey, maybe this is the year that you can beat Jordan. Jordan, nobody beat Jordan in hindsight. Nobody. Orlando Magic beat Jordan because he walked off the baseball field and tried to step on a basketball court and think he was going to beat everybody. And it didn't work out. That's it. Nobody else beat Michael Jordan. But every year as a Knicks fan, and there were different iterations of that team, every year as a Knicks fan, you thought you had a chance to beat Michael Jordan. Because your team was competitive. They were Some of those seasons, they were dominant when it came to the rest of the league. They were better than the Bulls in the standings, I believe, in one of those years. I think it was 92, 92, 93. They were better. They were better than the Bulls in the standings. Jordan beat them every year. And now if you talk to a Knicks fan from the 90s, they'll tell you how much fun the 90s were. Because you thought you had a chance. And that's all you want to feel like. You want to feel like you got a chance. And that team was a, they were scrappy. They fought. They were gutsy. They fought Jordan every step of the way. They got shafted, actually, in 1992-93. But we ain't going to talk about that. We ain't going to talk about that. You felt like you had a chance. Miami, those Miami series in the mid-90s. You didn't know what those Knicks teams were going to be. But they played hard. They were competitive. They beat teams that they knew they could beat. And that's what you saw in most of those years in the 90s. That's why the Knicks were the third best team in the 90s in terms of record. It was the Bulls, Utah, and then the Knicks. No Knicks fan looks back on those 90s teams with any sort of sadness or regret. I mean, you regret you didn't win the chip, obviously. You went to the finals, but... You, you enjoyed the time is my point. And most of you Nick fans, some of you are young. You haven't had many years to enjoy. 
You have it. So enjoy this one. Because that's what every other fan base would do. Not every other fan base is sitting around saying, who cares if they win because they're not going to win a championship. No, that's not what this is. They're not in a situation where they can never win a championship. They're in a situation where there's still hope. And that's all you can ask, all you can ask for as a fan is hope. They're in a situation where there's still hope that they can acquire that guy. They're in a situation where there's still hope that they can actually get to, to a fourth and even a fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Again. And guys like Max Kellerman trying to tear you down saying Dolan is fooling you because your team is good. The Knicks are one of the best teams in the league right now. You understand that? Enjoy it. They're playing like one of the best teams in the league. Forget what it is on paper. Forget it. Get get that out of your head. Okay? Get that out of your head. Forget what, oh, they don't have Tatum, they're not going to win. They don't have Embiid, they're not going to win. Forget what they have on paper. Just understand that on the court, when the games are played, the Knicks are one of the best teams in the league right now. Let me read this stat to you from Jonathan Macri at J.C. Macri, M-A-C-R-I, M-B-A. Good Nick guy, got a pod. Uh, Nick Film School pod, I believe. So this is, this, is, this is the stat he posted. Or the tweet. We're now at 39 games since the Knicks went to a nine-man rotation. Nearly half a season. They're tied with the Nuggets for the second best net rating in that time with the fourth ranked offense and ninth ranked defense. Only the Knicks and the Nuggets are top nine in both offense and defense since 12-4-22. Now, you remember when the Knicks changed that rotation. If you are a conscientious Knicks fan and you watch the, the, the very next game, you saw that the Knicks were different. McBride playing, Grimes playing. You saw they were different. Cam benched, Rose benched. Immediately, and that was before Hartenstein started playing well. Hartenstein didn't start playing well for another month or so. And that was obviously, and then someone commented and they made a good point. He said, I'd rather focus on what the nine-man rotation is now as opposed to back then because that rotation was with McBride in it as opposed to now with Hart in it. And Hart is obviously a better all-around player than McBride is right now. And you know, McBride's an excellent defensive player. But this is a period of time where people wanted the coach fired. They're clamoring for Cam Reddish to play games. And you see where the Knicks ranked since that time. And, you you know, there were games since then that the Knicks should have won. Games that they lost down the stretch. I mean, that's true for every team. It all evens out. But the Knicks are actually, their record should be better than it is in this stretch of time. It should be better. And you want the coach fired because the record should be better instead of giving the coach credit for the record being what it is and them being the second best team in the league since he made those changes, changes he was criticized for. Here's some other stats. The Knicks are eight games over 500, sixth best in the East, ninth best in the NBA, 
playing at a 50-win pace since 12-3. I mean, and again, that's a tweet from Nick's Film School. Jonathan Macri, Jonathan Macri is a part of that podcast and YouTube channel. Go check it out. Great stuff. You don't, Max Kellerman, you don't get to be a fan of this team and not be excited about what you're seeing on the floor. You don't get to make comments like, James Dolan got you fooled. The Knicks are the second best team in the league since December 4th. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I shouldn't say second best team in the league, but, you know, top nine in both offensive and defensive efficiency. And you're right there with the Denver Nuggets, who are a championship contending team. Obviously, they have not played at a a win-loss percentage. That would make them the second best team in the league in that span. So overstating it a bit. But in terms of what they're doing on the floor, they are one of the better teams in the league by every metric. You go find a metric that that determines who is the most efficient team in the league on offense and defense, whatever metric that you choose, the Knicks are going to be in the top 10 of it. They're good. Be excited for what you're seeing on the floor right now. And when they lose to the Celtics tonight, no shame. No shame. Celtics are one of the best team in, teams in the league. But if they beat the Celtics tonight, does it mean they're championship contenders? No. It means they're doing their business, taking care of their business. And you as a fan should not be shamed into thinking you're some kind of dupe because you're excited by it. Just like I wasn't a dupe in the 90s when I was excited thinking the Knicks were going to beat the Bulls every year. Enjoy the season Randall is having. Enjoy the season Brunson is having. Quickly. No, listen, I'll give you another stat. I'll give you another stat. Really quickly. Value over replacement. Right? Now, this is going to be good for some of these guys. It's going to be bad for one guy. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Value of over replacement. Is a stat if you don't, and just in short, without getting too technical, basically, can you be replaced by any other player, essentially? Can your production be replaced by any other player? Are you just, are you just taking up space? So it's a good, it's not the only stat, you should never just look at one stat in a vacuum, but it's a nice stat to, when you have people saying, Obi Toppin should play over Julius Randle. And Julius Randle is ranked number 12 in the league in value over replacement. It's telling you, no, you can't just put Obi in the lineup and and he's going to be better than Randle. Like, if that's your take, that's not. Now, in fairness, there may have been a point before December, like we went through Randle's progression and maturation as a player in December uh, into January versus where he was in November. There might have been a point in November that that wasn't the case. You roll the dice with Obi. But that hasn't been the case most of the season. There's only 20 games left. He's number 12 in value over replacement. Jalen Brunson's number 18. Quickly is number 85. Now, no shade to Quickly at all. He's coming off the bench and he's number 85. Okay, he's coming off the bench. He's playing shooting guard a lot, and he's number 85 at at 6'3", or whatever he actually is. 
That's no shade at all. That's three guys so far, and I got another one. That's three guys in the top 85 in value over replacement. But when you say, when you say that the Knicks don't need some of you out there, the Knicks don't need Brunson, they can just put quickly in there. Eh, not quite. But, you know, Brunson plays more minutes. You can make, you can, some of you can, if you worked hard enough, you can make an argument, but it's silly to really try to tear Brunson down to build quickly up. He doesn't need to be built up. He's six man of the year. He's not going to win it, but he is. Number 80 is Josh Hart. For those of you who don't understand why the Knicks have brought in Josh Hart still. That's four guys in the top 100, four guys in the top 85, actually, in value over replacement. And that's not even split by, oh, the last two months or the last month. No, that's the whole season. Unfortunately, at number 476 is R.J. Barrett. So for those of you who don't understand why R.J. is not playing down the stretch and why he gets so much criticism, this is yet another stat outside of his 41% shooting that points out why R.J. Barrett gets the criticism he does. Doesn't mean it's the end of the world, but this is why. He's not playing at a pace. He's not playing at a rate. He's not playing at an efficiency that cannot be replaced by a lot of other NBA players. When you're shooting 40-something, 41% from the field, it doesn't matter if you're scoring 20 points. Not unless you're shooting a ton of threes at a high rate, and he's not doing that either. He's in the low 30s there too. But this ain't an RJ Shade session. You're looking at the positive here. And I've given you a few stats over the time uh, so far in the last couple of months, because there's been a lot of great stats that uh, Jalen Brunson and Randall and even quickly have been that show how effective these guys have been on the floor. And, and you should not be guilted into thinking and you shouldn't enjoy it. Don't, don't find reasons to criticize in the front office and find reasons to criticize Tom Thibodeau when they're playing this well right now. Enjoy it. Like any other fan base, enjoy it. Don't think that you're sounding smarter than everyone else because you don't want to enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. That's what this is. This that's what this is for. That's what sports is for. Be happy you got a team that's playing hard, playing above their so-called talent level, and being competitive every single night. Am I saying that that needs to be the case forever? No, but that's what they are right now. Trade deadline is passed. It's not the off season. This is where you are right now. Enjoy where you are right now. You want to get back to criticizing the direction of the organization this summer when they lose in the first round or whatever it ends up being or makes just fall to the play-in, whatever it ends up being. You want to criticize the direction of the front office again in the offseason? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. What should they be doing now? They're, they're just a treadmill team again. Okay, fine. But as long as they're as competitive as everyone else in the league and playing at a pace and rate, Comparable to the best teams in the league, enjoy the ride, man. Come play, come playoff time, come summertime, come summertime. You want to rearrange the direction of the organization. You want to reevaluate where things are going, criticize, fire people, sure. But right now, enjoy this team. Sportsethos.com. Season's almost over. Still a chance to make some money. DFS, wagering, 
If you're not necessarily a fan of the Knicks or you have another team, there's a Sports Ethos podcast for every team in the league, I believe. Check them all out. They're podcasts for fantasy. Check them all out on YouTube. They do live broadcasts on YouTube pretty much every day for fantasy. Check it out at Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Ethos Knicks. Until next time.